banged up bulldog. Let's start there as we welcome Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, into the program this morning. Uh, the, the running back, uh, Swift, telling us that he's been uh, dealing with a groin for much of the early season. What's the latest there? Yeah, we kind of suspected that when he came out after two series against Middle Tennessee. And, you know, really this is something that's troubled DeAndre going back to the spring even. And um, something he's just going to have to get a lot of treatment for and soldier through this season. Uh, in terms of this game, the Tennessee Volunteers roll in on Saturday. One would expect we'd see some Swift, we'd see some Holyfield and some Cook and some Heron and some of the others. One would think that we'll see a lot of the depth chart by the time this thing is done. The Bulldogs have hung at least 40 on everybody they've played. No reason to think it stops. This might not be the best Tennessee team we've ever seen. This may not be the best team from the state of Tennessee you're going to see this year. might, in fact, be the worst. This is a really bad Tennessee football team. Yeah, they certainly didn't look good turning the ball over six times against Florida. You know, but Kirby's message is, hey, what if they don't turn the ball over? What if Tennessee brings their A game to Georgia? Now, I'm with you. I still don't think it's going to be close. But I don't think Tennessee's as bad as they looked against Florida either. What I mean, let's talk about the Volunteers for a moment. Obviously, we covered the Dogs, Dog Nation, AJC. But you look around the rest of the SEC. I mean, Logan earlier this morning says Tennessee's 14 out of 14 when it comes to being uh, ranked teams in the SEC. There has to be a bottom someplace. There has to be a bounce back at some point. I mean, and we don't know. We won't know if Jeremy Pruitt's the guy or not. But, I mean, what's the sense in Knoxville? Well, I mean, Philip Fulmer is back in charge as the athletic director. So, you know, the biggest takeaway is that Tennessee's kind of got it fixed at the top now and there'll be a trickle down. And, you know, they kind of got to this point with some poor management in their athletic department. Um, Butch Jones wasn't able to make the kind of hires that Jeremy's made. Butch Jones wasn't able to get the support personnel that you need to compete with the Alabama and Georgias. And and so his window closed, uh, you know, two years ago. Georgia loses to Tennessee, and Tennessee leaves Athens as a top-10 team that's 5-0. and um, So things can change quickly in the SEC. Uh, Coach Smart would also say, as he did earlier this week, this is about us, not about who we're playing. It's about uh, how we prepare and how we execute on Saturday. I, my sense coming out of last Saturday, that, that I'll call it a close call against Missouri. A couple of officials' calls go the other way, and it might well have been a much closer call. I, did, I get the sense, I Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, that's the kind of thing you want if you're Kirby Smart over the course of a season. You get out of there with a win, that's the most important thing, and you get to do some coaching over the course of the next week get to remind these guys that maybe they're not as good as the media keep telling them they are yeah you know um certainly 43 to 29 is not as decisive as as kirby would have liked and more alarming for him was that missouri scored four rushing touchdowns now the flip side of that is that georgia held drew lock the top quarterback in the country without a passing touchdown for the first time in 14 games and deandre baker shut down the SEC's leading receiver, Emmanuel Hall, didn't allow him a catch. So Georgia did a lot of good things on defense and on offense. They turned it on in the second half. We saw Jake Fromm go vertical more. Uh, Jim Cheney, obviously Kirby gave Jim Cheney the green light to open up the offense a little bit more in the second half and give him some breathing room. So there were some good things that happened. The bad things were the injuries. Uh, you know, we saw Big Ben Cleveland go down with a broken bone in his leg. Um, we saw receiver Tyler Simmons uh, suffer a shoulder injury. He'll be out two or three weeks, uh, Kirby said, after the game. So lost a couple of starters in that game. A couple others uh, banged up. Tyson Campbell had a shoulder injury. He's back in the lineup, though. 
and Andrew Thomas uh, re-injured his ankle, uh, although he's back in the lineup this week as well. Uh, quickly, Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Uh, just up the road, Clemson, the situation that's playing out there this week. Uh, Dabo names uh, Trevor Lawrence, the kid from Marietta, his starting quarterback. Kelly Bryant says, okay, I'm out of here. Uh, there are there, There's the, the issue as it relates to Clemson, but there's the much bigger picture as to how this is going to start to impact college football. Oh, no question, you know, and we saw that with the red shirt rule and guys can play four games and maintain eligibility and, you know, everybody's hit that game four and, you know, certainly, you know, Georgia's got a quarterback situation like that with two very talented quarterbacks, Jake Fromm and Justin Fields, and, you know, it's not escalated to that point yet where they were rotating series like Clemson was, um, you know, but you can ask yourself where the situation will be going into next season or maybe even uh, going into November, depending on how the month of October plays out. But, uh, you know, Clemson's not uh, the Lone Ranger. They're just at the forefront of this. And as you said, we're going to see more of this in college football now that there's more liberal transfer rules and, and uh, redshirt player eligibility rules. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Read his work at our website, WGAURadio.com. Thanks for checking in this morning. Appreciate it.